1: On a Sunday. Do it a little bit different this week. Uh, I'm going to be out of town, actually, for a few days this week. So we're going to do the show with Coach Harvey Hyde a little bit earlier. Uh, it is a Sunday. We're going to talk about USC Spring Practice. We're going to kind of make it a Twitter show. Uh, we asked on Twitter for some questions, and you guys have tweeted us some stuff to ask to answer, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Uh, you can also leave a voicemail. We actually have a new voicemail number. So the last one, uh, it had a um, six-digit mailbox, so we kind of got rid of that now. We did get rid of that. Uh, we have a new vo- uh, voicemail number, 424, area code 424, that's Los Angeles, 254-9141. Uh, uh, that's 424-254-9141. You can also send us a text message to that voicemail box. So if you want to text us a question for the show, that's a new way we can take your questions. So do that. Oh, or you can go to our website, com. You can leave uh, right on our website. You can leave a voicemail that way as well. So a lot of ways to get a hold of us, uh, a lot of ways to contact the show. Today's going to be about Twitter, and we're going to welcome Coach Harvey Hyde and his Twitter account, at Coach Harvey Hyde. How you doing, Coach?
0: I'm doing great. Another beautiful day in Southern California. You can't ask for weather like this. Man, this is absolutely fantastic. So for all of you out there, if you're listening on Sunday, get out and enjoy it.
1: Yeah, get out and enjoy it. Maybe you're taking a walk and listening to the show or driving around with the top down or something. However, you enjoy the show. Uh, we appreciate it. And I get out there, like Coach Harvey Hyde said, it's beautiful. And you know, baseball season's coming up. If you want to go to a Dodgers game or Angels game or anywhere across the country, go to a baseball game, use our, certain, the service we like to use, Southern California tickets, sctickets.com or give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. You can get tickets for a baseball games, but tickets for anything, uh, even like the theater plays, things like that. Um, check it out. I went to go see uh, at the Pantages, uh, an American in Paris. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Not my favorite one, but it, it was a pretty good one. Um, check it out if you want to do anything like that. Uh, Dodgers baseball starting up, Angels baseball starting up, so lots of different things you can do at tickets.com. They've been helping us out for years and hopefully they can help you out too. Um, coach, so over the weekend, I, the first thing we want to talk about before we get to the Twitter questions uh, USC had their coaching clinic with Clay Helton and all these coaches from all over the place uh, coming onto campus, and uh, they were out there at USC spring practice on Saturday. Um, what do you think about these coaching clinics? Do you think it's a good thing? It's a bad thing? How do you think that stuff works?
0: Well, I think they're great as far as uh, having coaches come on your campus and being able to walk through your facilities and have your coaches uh, sort of, you know, Build up uh, relationships. I think the number one thing is relationships. With a lot of coaches that come to these clinics, you really haven't met their new coaches or uh, you haven't recruited a player from their school. And it's a chance to really form a great relationship with a lot of the coaches. Now, myself, it's changed. Uh, I didn't like to have coaches speak at my on-campus. I'm talking about my on-campus uh, spring ball coaching clinic. Uh, I felt that was an opportunity for us uh, to be able to form relationships. When I was at UNLV, of course, people wanted to come to Vegas. People wanted to get involved. People wanted to be there and then be in the sunshine and be in the casinos and have a good time. And We could entertain them pretty well in Las Vegas. We try to tie in show packages and the whole thing. We're we want to encourage coaches to come so we could show them our facilities and show them who we were. We were a young program getting started. Now, at USC, you're not a young program getting started. You're an established program at USC. But you still have to uh, continue with the relationships of these coaches and, and really treat them right, which they do at USC. But one thing I don't like about the uh, coaching clinics that are now going on is you have Gary Anderson there, the head coach at Oregon State. You have the head coach from Davis there. You have other coaches from other college staffs there. And, and I, and I don't want them having the opportunity to have conversation when it's our day. It's our event. We have met our spring practice and this and that. Now, I don't know if Nike mandates this, but you know, more coaches are going to want to come and see the Rose Bowl champion. In Southern California, where all the coaches are, a beautiful day. Get out there, enjoy it, PR, and do that. And I don't want to lose that effect that this is a USC Trojan football day. And I don't want to see other colors at this event. And uh, you see this happening now. I don't know if they're allowed to watch practice uh, at all or what you're doing on the field. I would hope not because it would be like scouting uh, USC, but maybe they are. But I I like to make it our day, our day of forming relationships, our days of of talking about players that uh, they have that are coming up, and and all of that type of stuff. I I really do. So I'm in favor of clinics. We had one every single year, but I like to make it our clinic. What I used to do is highlight, like, the CIF champion or state champion of uh, the state of Nevada, Arizona, utah where we recruited a lot northern california so we would be able to get into them and we would know them better and they would have an opportunity to speak and then we'd have a couple of top community college coaches that always did produce great teams so we could pr with them and we can house these coaches because we're asking them to speak and take good care of them so you know that's that's what i don't I like the clinic. I like the idea, but I don't like the idea of sharing it with other universities.
1: Okay, makes sense. Um Yeah, it was uh it was kind of a neat you know, it seems like a neat event. There's a lot of tweets and pictures and stuff uh from out there, so hopefully it went well for everybody. Um and if you were out of practice, hope you guys enjoyed uh checking it out. Only two more weeks of spring football left, so uh get out there and check it out. Uh Tuesday, Thursday at three PM. And then, uh, Saturday at 10 a.m. So check those out. And then the following Saturday will be the spring game. Um, which the, uh, I think that was one of our questions, coach. Um, we, you know, we wanted questions about, uh, spring football, what's been going on the field and things like that. And then, um, so we got this question, uh, from TG Trojan. What day and time is the spring game? (laughs) So we weren't expecting questions like that, but. Um, but it's next, it's next Saturday, April 15th. And I think, is it one o'clock coach? I'm not exactly sure. I thought
0: it was 12 noon. 12 noon. I'm okay. Thought.
1: Yeah, that's probably right.
0: I uh, would rather have people come early than late. Than then tell us, tell tell Hey, you gave me the wrong time. Yeah. I missed it. But it is, I think 12 o'clock.
1: Yeah. So that's, And be... you
0: know, next Saturday too, I don't mean to interrupt oh, you, you, but I did is swim with Mike on campus. And that's a great event. It goes eight to two. Last year they raised $1,277,000 over the last five years. They've raised over a million dollars in one day. And uh, you can go to swim with Mike, uh, go to a barbecue, and then watch spring practice all at the same time. And then the baseball team plays after that, so you can spend a whole day at USC. And there's only two days during the entire year of graduation and swim with Mike where there's free parking on campus. So it's a special event.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and it will be, if you go to uh, football practice, that will be the final scrimmage before the spring game. So they're going to do a full pads, full tackle scrimmage on that Saturday, too. So it should be a crazy day on campus. Get there a little early uh, for, you know, for swimming, with Mike, and the 10 a.m. Uh, scrimmage for USC. But last, last scrimmage that was open, man, it was packed. A lot of former players. So expect a lot uh, of that to be going on. So some cool stuff you can check out uh, this month. Heading into the spring game, uh, we got a question from Manuel. He wants to know how is Stephen Mitchell Jr. doing in his recovery, and if you see him out there, he's now wearing number four. He's not in pads uh, yet, so won't be taking part in spring football. Um, what do you think, Coach?
0: Well, you know he should have a full recovery. I feel sorry for him because he's he's a great player, and he's been hampered with injuries at USC. Coming out of high school man he was uh and you've seen him a lot in high school in the camps and seven on seven he was unbelievable and he's an unbelievable player and it's very important that he is healthy and ready to go he should recover he should be at a hundred percent and what does he have to prove why have him out there why have why take a chance of him becoming injured again so the uh, the more he can sit out and the stronger he can get his knee and 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 everything the better he's going to be. So he's got to gain his confidence back, and and uh, in the fall he should be ready to go. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be ready to go.
1: Yeah, it's um, it, it'll be interesting to kind of watch because this is really a great opportunity right now with all the young receivers, and you're seeing guys like Vellis Jones. Like you know, he's going to have to get on the field the, the way he you know the way he can be so explosive. Um, you know, Tyler Vaughn's has really impressed me. Uh, this spring. Um, so I think this is giving good opportunities to some of the younger receivers there. And it's, you know, it's going to be on Mitchell that, you know, he's, he's played, he's a, you know, he's an established player show that he's healthy, uh, be able to get back there and, uh, and compete for a spot, you know, and I, I expect him to be a, a, you know, significant part of this offense this year. Everything we've heard about his recovery, you know, has been good. you know, that I don't think there was any kind of setbacks, uh, you know, at least that they're telling us. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think in the fall, you'll see a lot more of him. Uh, we'll watch him kind of through the summer workouts too and see how he progresses and, uh, when he's able to take part. And yeah, should be, uh, should be interesting to watch. Um, the receiver core is going to definitely be, uh, one to watch losing four guys from last year's squad just opens up so many opportunities for other guys. And there's a good mix of veteran guys and younger guys and, you know, guys like a Jalen Green that, you know, you haven't seen a ton of, but could really play a big role.
0: I agree with you 100%. Plus, you know, I would hold out to Dante Burnett. I wouldn't let him go every scrimmage either. He has nothing to prove. Let your younger players get the reps and and get better as, uh, also, uh, the improvement that Matt Fink has had and and Sears is having now. The more reps they get, the more experience they get. Uh, The more better feel they have as far as being, uh, the leader of the offensive side of the football. So, this is the time that you get better in the spring. And you don't want to jeopardize players and get someone hurt. That's really a key to your offense or your defense because you're always scared as a coach. I used to say in a, a successful practice in the spring is when no one got hurt. And that's a terrible thing to say. But every time there's a collision, you look over there as a coach, you say, oh, get up, get up, get up. And you see him get up and maybe just limp off and you feel good about it. But you don't want to see anyone get hurt uh for because it's so important that you have your key guys on the field. You've always heard me say get your players on the field. Get your players on the field. No matter if you have to move people from offense to defense, get your players on the field. Don't have them watching the football game. Well, it's the same thing if you lose a player in injury. So, uh there's certain players that don't have to prove anything, but there're certain players that got to get as many reps as they can to be ready to play. So this is what springs all about.
1: All right, let's uh, let's see. We'll move on. We got a question from N.W. Uh, Trojan. Let's see, yeah, N.W. Trojan seventy four. Um, he says, "What can you make of the offensive and defensive lines right now? Are they going to be more physical and mobile than last year's group?" Love the podcast. Fight on.
0: Well, on the offensive side of the football, I think they're going to be more mobile. I think they're more athletic especially at the tackle positions. I think once they get uh, Lobadon back, I think they're going to be damn good And Faller back. falla has got that little back uh, spasm or whatever he has going on that he needs to get taken care of. He looks good when he comes on the field. Uh, he's got a lot of experience, and I, I, I personally think he's the number one guy. I know they're putting a lot of guys or rotating a lot of guys in there, but I thought he had a great year last year. I really did, going in there and playing and, and starting as he did, and I think he gained a lot of confidence. And he's your middle guy. You've got to have a guy in the middle of the line that makes the calls that really has experience, and I think he'll be really good. And in uh, that right tackle situation, uh, they're moving people around there with Chris Brown. And if you remember two weeks ago or a week ago, I talked about Chris Brown possibly being, didn't say a name, but I said when you're a real tall offensive guard, it's harder for a taller offensive guard to pull and have the mobility that a shorter guy has and you remember me telling you that and they moved him uh, the next week out to tackle to get a few reps out there so they want to get the best combination of five people but they probably are anticipating lobedon playing that left guard and they want to make sure that right tackle situation they have the best people over there and you know with vorez pushing hensley and hensley now uh moving, I think they moved him to guard to give him a shot there to see just what's going on. I think they're trying to get the right combinations together, and Truman would probably be the left tackle. I think he'll be more athletic. I think they'll pass block better, because these tackles I think were quicker than the two tackles that they had last year, and they are great tackles. One of them made All-American, well, they both made All-Americans on different All-American teams, but I think they got more mobility ability and they can get that guy coming off the edge a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Coach. Um and we we saw I mean there's gonna be some freshmen in the mix. Uh Marlon tuipolotu uh was getting some first team reps. We saw Andrew Voorhees uh getting some first team reps. Um they're moving those guys around a little bit. Um they're, they're trying guys at different positions. I do think it's gonna be uh you know a more athletic line. Um you know you're not gonna have some of the you know, big bodies like Damian Mama and, and Zach Banner. You're not going to have guys that are that heavy. Um Nothing can play, but just it's just a, it's kind of a, a bit of a leaner group, and uh, I think a little more athletic. So should be interesting to watch. Um
0: You know, Ryan, I didn't have a chance to answer, answer the second half of his question. Oh, sorry. And I don't want him saying, "Well, what about the defensive side, coach?" So I just want to tell the defensive side. I don't think they can replace Stevie T. What I mean by that maturity. Strength-wise, leadership-wise, that's a very difficult player to replace, especially at the time that he came in. He really did lead the team, and I think he'll be a tough guy to replace, but you've got to have other players step up. Guys have got to step up and assume that role. I think there'll be an athletic front. Uh, as you said, the offensive line won't be as big, but I think they're more athletic. Sometimes you're too slow on the offensive line because of your size; it's a hindrance rather than being something positive. And I think on the defensive side, with the type of defense that Clancy plays, uh, I think think the athletic ability is sometimes more important than the physical part of it because uh, you're really getting after people. You got to hit the gap. You got to swim. Uh, you got to do different techniques uh, over and under, deal things to get to the quarterback. I still am looking for the edge guys. I keep talking about this every single week when you talk about defense. I haven't seen anyone step up yet that is coming off the edge. Now, Port Augustine's not practicing, but you've got to be able to see someone come off the edge and put pressure, put pressure and contain on the quarterback and force him back inside to all the rush guys. The linebackers that are blitzing or the tackles or whomever. So I'm still looking for that. And I'm looking toward possibly a freshman, Tucker. I'm looking for uh, Levi Jones if they play him outside. I'm looking for someone who will give them that type of look. So I think the biggest improvement that the defense needs is the edge, someone that can come off of the edge and force the uh, tackles, the offensive tackles of your opponents to be really worried about their quickness
1: all right uh let's move on joe horner uh joe at joe horner seven says how does the backup quarterback competition look so far likely red shirt for jack sears uh, what do you think coach
0: well right now i would say matt fake is two and has improved uh, I think Sears is now starting to get a feel of it at the speed of the college game. Quite a difference, uh, in high school to the speed of the college game. And the more reps he gets, like Matt Fink's getting, the more you get accustomed to your receivers, the speed of the game, and you certainly have the athletic ability, but your mind, you can't think, you gotta react. You gotta say, he's open, boom! You can't say, oh, he's open! Oh, I, I'm too late on my throw. Uh, and you gotta be able to read quickly. And you gotta be able to know that, oh I know he's gonna go to that spot, I'm gonna throw the ball right now, but the receiver, and you have worked on it, where this receiver, because they're taking away the out, he's gonna fake the out and come back to the post. But the safety has jumped to the deep outside quarter, quarter of the field. So, uh, these things is what These type of things are what you learn in practice, seven-on-seven and under live drills. So uh, if it continues the way it's going, and Matt uh, brings the confidence to the offensive staff that he is a capable backup, as a number two, they probably will redshirt Jack Sears. Uh, You've always heard me say this, don't waste a year of eligibility. Just think about Dante Burnett. He played how many plays as a freshman? He'd be a sophomore this year. We've talked about this, Ryan, and here he is now going to be a junior. He would have been a sophomore. So don't waste players by only playing them a few plays. If you can redshirt them, redshirt them, and they'll be a better player because they're a year older.
1: Yeah, and I haven't seen anything, Coach, um, from Jack Sears that makes me think he's the number two guy right now. I think Fink has got better, like you said. Uh I mean I just remember watching like the first series of the first practice for Jack Sears and it was like a drop snap and a a ball thrown off the practice field That it was like it was uh you know, it's gonna take some time for him to get accustomed to everything. I think he's definitely got better. Um, you know, if he passes Matt Fink and ends up being the backup, then you gotta think about, well, you know, are you gonna use him as a backup in mop up duty and burn his red shirt, which I don't think you'd wanna do. Um so I think he'd have to kind of significantly beat out Uh, Matt Fink to get that number two spot if they feel like they, you know, he has to go into a game or something, if something happened to Sam Darnold. But, um, I, I just don't see that happening if it does until the fall. Right now it's really just him trying to, to learn everything and get up to speed on stuff. Um, if you look at him and you watch him, you'd say, okay, I think, you know, right now Fink seems to be running things better than, than Sears. So my, my guess is, you know, the way, when this plays out in the fall, he'll end up still redshirting. Uh, be the number three guy, and then, you know, say Sam Darnold leaves, then there'd be a competition between those guys and maybe like an incoming freshman, Matt Corral or
0: something. I agree with you, and I think you said it last week that this is probably one of the first times that USC has had quarterbacks who are the same type of quarterbacks. What I mean by that, size-wise, athletic, ability-wise, throwing ability, being able to run with the football, doing the things that they're all equal as far as you have quarterbacks that fit your offense. And I think this is very important because they all can learn off the same tape. He does that, but I can't do that. So I think it's very important that they do use these training tapes to help each one of them get better, and I think it's been great that they've been able to now recruit the type of athlete that they want, not a bunch of different type of athletes that play the same offense. So I think this will help them.
1: We got a question from Max uh, Redroad. He says, I want to hear the coach tell us what he sees in former basketball player Roy Hemsley um, and how the he is developing on the offensive line. And if you guys didn't, I, I think we talked about this before, but he was uh, getting first-team reps. Roy was at right tackle, and now they've moved him to left guard. Uh, Clay Hilton said that was the plan all along to kind of do a half-and-half, and, half, and Chris Brown is now at a right tackle. So we got to see the first couple of weeks uh, he was at right tackle. Now we're getting getting to see him at left guard. But your thoughts on it, Coach?
0: Well, if that was the plan all along, then that was the plan all along. But that means they think one of those guys could possibly be a starter. So they want to see where they perform the best. Does Brown perform the best at guard, or is he performing the best as a tackle? Same with Hensley. Now, is he a better tackle, or is he a better guard? And how do they move the football, and how do they – perform, uh, and they break it down, and you put it all on tape, and you actually watch it. You decide, no, Ansley can't play guard. He's a better tackle. Chris should stay at tackle. He can't get it done at guard. So this is all an evaluation period, and uh, I think they have planned that because they both have, or the offensive line coach, Callaway, has decided that one of these two may be a starter, but where will they start? Will there be a guard or will there be a tackle? Now, myself, I don't think either one of them will replace Lobadon, but they're thinking about the future, and they want to make sure that they get their players in the right position. So uh, I think it's good, since that left guard position is open without Lobadon there. So I think what they're doing is very good. I think you'll be able to evaluate it, and probably uh, by this week or next week, they'll already know in their mind where these players are are best fitted as far as in the scheme of what they're doing. I think that Hensley has really come along. You know, he hasn't played like Chris Brown has played. I've seen Chris Brown under fire. So I have my evaluation of what type of athlete he is and what he should be playing. Uh, I have not seen Hensley uh, with the uh, green flag. So I'll be able to uh, evaluate him better as far as against not usc competition but against the real opponent and uh i think uh hemsley's done a great job started last uh well what do you want to call last bowl practice where he started to show himself and uh, he's now making a statement he's grown up now he has to just uh learn how to shave and and how to finish a block and like the game of football and i think that's what they're looking for how mature is he how strong is he uh, and where he should play, along with Chris Brown.
1: We got one from the Hojo, or uh, it's H-O-J-O. Hopefully that's how he pronounces it. Um, where does Michael Pittman Jr. fall in the wide receiver pecking order, hoping for a big jump from him in 2017?
0: Well, where he falls, I, I can't tell you that, as far as the depth chart and, and where he is. It's really taking advantage of when you get your turns and if you can make plays. And a lot of times, you know, we evaluate receivers uh, by how many catches they catch. And uh, that's not all you just evaluate a receiver on. You, you know, you evaluate a receiver. Is he running the right route? Is he doing the right read? Is he blocking on run uh, plays? So you have to evaluate him 100% on everything. Uh, I think he certainly has the ability. I think he's a, a more of a route guy. uh and I want to see him catch more balls before I can really give you my opinion. But he comes to USC with great credentials. He's a winner. He's always played on winning programs. And I think he deserves every opportunity, which you will get, to play at USC. But that's why you go to USC, to play against competition. How do you get any better unless you go against great secondary guys or you have somebody pushing you? That's why you see so many players from USC that maybe aren't starters, go into the NFL and play. They actually play and they get opportunities because they've learned and they've competed and they know what competition is all about. So uh, where he'll land, I'm not quite sure, but every time you're on the field, every time you have that opportunity, no matter what drill it is, you go a hundred percent and you do your very best.
1: we got a couple of questions about linebackers coach. And uh, if you didn't hear, um, Clay, so on Thursday we were at practice, uh, Taylor Katoa, the incoming freshman who had looked really promising, uh, hurt his knee, uh, it came out, and, you know, he's going to need surgery. So he's going to be out for the year. Um, and so we had a couple of questions on linebackers. SC Mike 13 said, are there any division one linebackers who are eligible to transfer to SC to help with the linebacker depletion? Do we really need one? And if so, can we leak names? Um, I don't think USC is looking at that. Um, and Jonathan wants to know, are we considered a thinner linebacker, uh, with the recent injury? That's, uh, Jonathan, uh, Valdez, Valdes.
0: Well, I don't know if there's any, uh, senior linebackers that would be transferring to USC. If you are, uh, thinking of it, you should have done it already. Uh, so I, am not, I'm gonna say no, there aren't any coming. Because, uh, you gotta be a pretty good linebacker to transfer to USC and play. I think USC is not uh, uh, down at linebacker. I really feel bad about Katola. I re- I feel so bad about that. I mean, he was coming along and playing hard, and I think he would have had a chance to to play a lot. I really feel bad at that. And he comes in early to make the team and get the experience, and, and then this uh, thing happens, and he'll have to sit out of here. But. You know, he could be a better player because of that. So you have to look at the positive side of that because uh, it'll be a redshirt year for him. He'll be stronger. He'll be bigger. He'll be faster. He'll be in all the meetings. He'll learn from the other guys. And next spring, he'll be out there again getting after it, probably. We hope so, unless they hold him out. I think they'll probably practice him because uh, he'll need to get the experience because they might be counting on him the following year. Uh, as far as the linebackers are concerned, you you know, uh, uh, you might be a little thin, but uh, you got to look at it as, uh, hey, guys, you know, last year, look what, look what the, our guy Hutchins did. I mean, who's the next one? Who's going to be the next one to be our leader that everybody's going to be talking about next football season? Who is it? Which one of you guys? Step up. Get in there. Play. And, again, if you think you don't have one that's capable of playing – then find one within your within your roster. you got great players. you got to move maybe an outside guy inside. I'm not quite sure where Tucker is or where Tucker's playing. Let me ask you something. Have you seen Tucker out there this spring? Uh,
1: I haven't seen him much. No, I haven't really. Yeah, there's one of those guys. I saw him coming off the field, and I was like, I haven't really watched him. He's not someone that I've noticed, you know, so I'll have to, to pay attention next time we go out there and see. But, yeah, no, I haven't really noticed him.
0: Me do. I'm the same way. I keep looking for 34, and I say, Where is he? Where is he? And maybe I've just overlooked him, or maybe he's got uh, academic situations to take care of, or whatever. But he certainly is capable of playing. He's a he's a big, strong kid. And once he gets his uh, life straightened away and his academics straightened away, or whatever he needs to get straightened away, it's time to put on your football helmet. You get on the field. So there's guys like that that got to be waiting in the wings. So if you're an outside linebacker, you'd be moved inside. You've got to be able to be in a position to help yourself. You can't sit back and say, we don't have any linebackers. Well, don't be telling me that. Find a linebacker. Make a linebacker. Bring a big safety in and make him a linebacker. Do something. Cover him up. And, uh, be able to play. So, uh, I hope that they'll be strong because the linebackers make most of your tackles. So, uh, you better be able to find one.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I think uh I do think they're a little thin at linebacker right now. I mentioned that I think earlier in the show. Um and there was talk, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago, we put in the war room. Uh there was a potential uh linebacker transfer um that they were at least there was some interest there. I haven't heard any update on that and uh we weren't sharing names or anything, but um there was at least talk early on, but I don't think there's been since uh i think if they get a transfer they're probably looking more at the the lineman now but uh we'll see i mean maybe with this injury if there's still some openings there or there's someone that's interested they might reach out uh these things can happen um but like like coach i don't think there's anything in the works right now with one um but you know we'll see
0: yeah we'll have to see what happens uh, Stevie t was a surprise yeah so uh, there could be another surprise but i'll tell you what uh Gotta be a pretty good player to come in and do what Stevie T did. Right. And I'll tell you, Stevie T did much more than I ever anticipated he could do. Was he was a backup at Utah and he came in at USC and became a number one and a leader. I'll tell you what, he'll always be respected by the USC uh, football team.
1: Yeah. We got one last one for your coach. We'll let you go today. Um, this is from Patrick Jones. How does the offensive uh, line look? I know the defense has won most of the days, but uh, do they seem to be coming together? So we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but throw this last one at you.
0: Well, you know, the offensive line takes a little bit longer than the defensive line. We've always talked about this uh, as far as uh, you've got to work as a unit. On defense, you've got to play as a unit, too, but you can make a great play doing the wrong thing. So, uh and remember, the defense – uh goes against the offense all the time and you become very aware of what the formations are and what the plays are and the personnel and and the techniques and maybe something that tips off a play because the way you line up or your line splits or all the different things that make difference in the offensive side of the football so it's a little bit harder on the offensive line to to get the unit together and the offense going but uh, I think they'll be good I think they'll Get after it. You and I had an opportunity two weeks ago to be right up close and comfortable with the offensive line and watch them practice. We were about 10 yards away from them or closer even, Ryan. And they all look like football players. And I was impressed looking at their size, the way they put together, no pus guts, uh, big guys, solid, nice arms, and pretty athletic. So I think I got a lot of faith in the offensive line.
1: Yeah. It should be interesting. Um, I put some notes in our latest war room from Friday. If you want to check it out on the offensive line too, talk to Neil Calloway, not the uh, most vocal coach out there, but, uh, get some interesting nuggets from him, uh, and the position moves and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I think I'm more optimistic on the offensive line than I maybe thought I was going to be. Uh, it could be better. Uh, so we'll have to see. All right, coach. Well, interesting, uh, Twitter show. Just mix it up a little bit. Thanks for doing it on a Sunday and thanks for answering everyone's questions. And, uh Make sure you follow the coach at Coach Harvey Hyde on Twitter. And thanks again for coming on.
0: Ryan, again, thank you very much. And for all of you out there, enjoy your day and uh, your week. And we'll be back with you. And next week uh, we'll have some more to report because we'll be out there with Swim with Mike, as we suggested. Try to get out there. It starts at 8 in the morning, uh, practice at 10 a.m. there. And, uh, And I look forward to being back with you, Ryan, too.
1: I look forward to that as well. So thanks. That's Coach Harvey Hyde at Coach Harvey Hyde on Twitter. We are the Parastyle Podcast, ParastylePodcast.com, and of course USCFootball.com. Hope you guys enjoyed this show, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at one 800 888 7287 one 800 888 7287 That's one 800 or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater.
0: You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting.